Bible Talk Walk. So basically, I am at a point now where I'm convinced that the Byzantine Empire is a big part of the Catholic Church as well as um, potentially foundational for the Roman Catholic Church even. Um, so it's definitely something I'm looking into. with uh, there's like an Austrian-Hungary connection with the Byzantines and honestly it's almost like the Byzantine Empire to me right now represents uh, kind of like a Pauline position and they're in unity with Rome so it almost to me seems like a Pauline position in the truest sense of uh, theology and then, you know, and Byzantine covers Malachites, covers pretty much everyone. And they're all about the same. Some are autocephalous, but I think they all kind of dissolve into Byzantine. Especially, I'm hoping, I really hope for the sake of peace, that like you, the Ukrainian Orthodox Church, uh, Eastern, that, are, that is in union with Rome, will basically dissolve into the Byzantines officially. Um, I just hope that happens on some level, um, just for the sake of peace and, and also for the sake of, to, to try to get back to legitimacy. I think if they really take that approach, you, they don't have to, you know, they, they could connect with the history of what their movement had done, um, and, and the conflict and all that and the extremes on both sides but then um i think if they fell fell in kind of to the autocephalous nature of the overall byzantine catholics i think it would actually create peace it would uh unify with the others and with you know kind of being a, a greek focused uh greco um Greco-Roman kind of unifying thing and especially the ones in the states I hope they do that I hope they you know there's there's all sorts of networking that goes on but I hope that's one of the things that is networked and that's my trajectory I want to try to do that you know tr um, also kind of honoring my faith traditions of you know being German you know you go to Frankenbooth you see some of these cool things I want to really, you know, have, you know, a little bit of that as inspiration, um, you know, allowing these things to inspire, 
um, that are not as controversial. Um, another one is, um, but you know, West Michigan kind of Dutch tradition. All these things are really good outside of um, some of the heresies they're connected with. Um, much of uh, any direction but I think a good direction though is um, I, I like that autocephalous kind of nature as far as like an ascetic kind of Irish disposition um, it, but then I was thinking about it like the Irish had so many pagan issues that it was almost good that they were kind of ascetic autocephalous for a long time even though they're they're pretty much under the Roman Catholics but I think another even a point for unity with Ireland uh you know because my my great my great grandpa on my grandma's side from south uh, I think it was southwestern Kentucky over right on the corner uh South, I think it was southwestern Kentucky. In between, it might have been southeastern. I don't know, but definitely in that general region. He was uh, him or his wife. I can't. I, I have the picture, but I think uh, my great grandma Turner. She's not a Turner, but the Turner was my grandpa. I think he was. Uh, he looked pretty Irish, and she was. She looks pretty Irish too, though, but maybe, I don't know. Who knows? So, and I they, I don't think they were Catholic. I think there was actually a little bit of Catholic ended up, I think, on my West Virginian side. So, the, but they were even back then, if you start, uh, that my great-grandpa, uh, he was United Brethren, farmer, um, if you really study that out, I mean, that was kind of a unity movement in itself for its time period. Um, and for, you know, the location between, I think it was like a, yeah, it's just whatever, the United Brethren's, I think they were kind of mixed, um, Methodist maybe and Baptist-ish, I don't know. But he was just a simple farmer, so that's that's so cool. And see, that's the kind of stuff that inspires as well. And then all these like monastic people that are in the world right now, just living their lives. And some of them are very uh, just simple farmer kind of people. And that lifestyle, that that better yet, that community. Um, and then a big one I'm, I really want to learn more about. Uh, I'm networking with somebody that has more information. And I need to find some books ASAP, but the uh, biblical uh, calendars with the church calendars connected to agriculture and then connecting that to, you know, I'm thinking probably more of a Germanic agriculture because in the Midwest, it feels like, I'm pretty sure it's like parts of Germany are similar in their agriculture just for the location. Uh, but then you go farther south on, in both the European and Americas, it seems like the agriculture changes. Um, but I don't know if there's there's probably a lot of differences with the Mediterranean 
agriculture differences, but um, it would just be very interesting to look into that and, and to try to honor that. And I love hearing about, you know, there's this guy, Kyle Clement, great Christian. I think he's been trying to honor those basic nature things. So basically somebody honoring nature in a godly way versus this false honor of nature um, that's unfortunately probably stemmed from the uh, brick, the... uh, some of the falsehoods of the uh, uh, basically where we're at with the Freemasons and uh, you know hopefully hopefully the purity behind any of those things will be um, brought to light and the falsehoods will be uh, rejected, rebuked and renounced by everyone um, especially with the, uh, people denying nature as far as being human and, uh, the toiling in the soil, uh, hopefully we will continue to do that and, uh, but in the right way and, um, Gentilian, you know, tradition, that, that'd be kind of great. Um, where 40 acre and a mule kind of or, uh, whatever's right, you know, I don't know, um, there's a lot behind that stuff, um, a lot behind that stuff, and I'm very interested in that with the Romans, you have the ancient Romans, and, and a lot of times, I think it was like 40 acres was the traditional land that they were allotted after serving in their militaries, um, as something to create a sustainable family, so that's something in history, but I think there's even more with the church and some connections there that we should be looking at and uh, creating, um, you know, sustainable pseudo-monastic communities to be a light to the nations, um, not um, in a dualistic monastic kind of fashion, Um that maybe I don't know if that lends to Gnosticism or what what the critiques are for dualism within monasticism, but um, in the best way that we can possibly live, kind of like Saint Padre Pio, I think he was a great example in a lot of ways. He stayed in his local community. It was almost like a Benedictine idea. Uh, I'm just talking about the film. I haven't actually studied his life too much in depth. And uh, the book I read almost was verbatim to the the film. <laughs> so I think the book was based off the film, I feel like. Or maybe the other way around, but it, it was just, um, just a lot there. Um, 